Welcome everyone to the College Parent Podcast. My name is Kat Roshong Texador. And my name is Jessica Rice, and we want to thank you for joining us today. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Liz Perolsky, who is an academic advisor for the University of Massachusetts Amherst, and discussing how you can help your student better prepare for their future during their first year of college. So let's go ahead and dive right on in. So welcome, Liz. We're so excited to have you here. Um, Liz, can you start telling us a little bit about your background um, in higher education? Of course. So my name is uh, Liz Peralski, and I had the honor and privilege of working with Kat um, a few years ago at a small school in New Jersey, where we both worked a lot with first-year students. Um, we worked with orientation, um, a first-year experience course, and more. Um, and then I moved to a smaller school in Massachusetts, where I ran orientation and was a dean of students and oversaw the first-year experience. Um, and now I'm at University of Massachusetts Amherst within their College of Computer Science, where I work with graduate students. Um, I serve as their academic advisor. And grad school, yes, is different than undergrad, but I'm still doing a lot of work helping students transition to grad school. And how does that transition work? And what does it look like? And how do we make the most out of this experience? It's very similar to undergrad and grad. Um, and so that is why I'm here today um, to, to talk to you all about how you can help your students be the best student they can be and be prepared to make the most out of their Belmont experience. Thanks, Liz. That is awesome. Sounds like you have a ton of experience working with students from all across the collegiate journey. Um, so when would be the best time for students to start thinking about life after college? And what are some things that they could start doing you know, even as early as, uh, you know, their freshman year to help prepare for their future. Students can start thinking about their lives after college, um, I mean, immediately. Um, I think sometimes what's difficult, though, is as a first-year student, four years in graduation seems so far away. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll get there four years from now. But there is that time in between each year. You know, what are you doing with your summers and what are you doing with your winter break? Um, and it's thinking about what do you want to be and do as a human. And that can be all sorts of things, professionally, socially, what are your passions, what are your interests? Um, and I know for many parents, a lot of that is going to be about return on investment. We have helped pay for our student to be here. How do we make the most out of, out of what we've put in? And I think it's having those conversations with your students, not saying, all right, well, you got three more years. What are we doing about it? Because that sometimes will turn students off. We all know how they can be. Plus, you know, you're their family members. They don't always want to listen to you. <laughs> but it's thinking about, you know, what do you enjoy? What have you enjoyed? Um, and trying new things. You know, you have a student who's always been like kind of sort of interested in working with others and being of service. Well, then maybe thinking about those sorts of careers. What does that mean? Does that mean being a teacher? Does that mean working as a social worker? Does that mean um, serving as an occupational therapist? What what are those things and kind of exploring that and what the student's passions are? Um, and that will seem super abstract for a lot of our first years. And that's okay. Um, giving them things to think about. But even thinking about summer jobs or winter positions, yeah, it's wonderful your student works at Target during the winter and during summer. That's fine. There is not always that pressure to get an internship immediately as a first year. 
you're going to get the best customer service experience at Target. And that translates into so many things. There is not a job I can think of where you don't talk to humans. So like, yeah, let's go ahead, use that Target experience. Then the student can talk about how they can work with customers. They can interact with other humans well. And that will be so helpful for them moving forward, both on campus, in on-campus jobs and leadership, but even beyond that. Um, so really trying to make the most of every opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, definitely agree there. I think all of us can agree that graduation comes very quickly uh, before you know it. But Liz, how do you think that parents can support um, or give advice to their student who are undecided on what they want to do or decide to completely change course of what they've already chose to do? I am one of those people. I originally went into school undecided. Um, I went to my undergrad undecided, not totally sure. Um, and then I did graduate with a degree in history and secondary education. I taught high school for a little while and then decided to work with college students. And while, yes, it's still education, I had to go to school again and I had to sort of change careers and it worked out and it's okay. So I think first of all, talking about that. Um, in this current situation, COVID or not, most adults and humans are going to have several different jobs. It's not like it was 45 years ago where you started a company at 23 and you are there until you retire. Um, so I think demystifying that and talking about it openly is, is fine. And people do change their mind. What is interesting to think about, especially for students who are undecided, is are there things they don't want to do and start there? Um, for myself, I knew that I didn't want to study business. And so I knew I don't have to look at those majors. I can think about <clears throat> what the other options were. So looking at what other things were exciting to me. Um, I had a feeling I wanted to teach or to do something that had a lot more to do with working with other people. So thinking about, okay, what would it look like to be a teacher? Um, and then maybe going, and then I went to a few education club meetings and was like, oh, okay, this is something I could definitely be interested in. And they had, um, the education club I was a part of did a great job of having the students who were seniors, who were doing student teaching, talking about their experience. And that was phenomenal. I thought about social work for a little while. So I went to the social work club meetings and listened to what they had to say. And I think that's what is a great thing to do to push your students towards what are the things that they're interested in? And then, hey, have you gone to those club meetings? You think you would like to do accounting? Great. Have you gone to an accounting club meeting? Have you looked at the accounting website to see what sort of jobs you may be able to get? And another thing that would be great is to work with the Belmont office, the GPS office, that growth and purpose for students office, and see, I, I know I don't want to do math. I know I don't want to do accounting. I know I don't want to do business. I know that I can't sit behind a desk all day. What does that mean? And the people who work in the GPS office can help you figure that out. So can the careers office. The careers office and the GPS office can give students and your student the information through conversations, through tests, um, and through, you know, unofficial homework. Hey, look into these three things. And the students will be able to see what feels right for them. But do... Talk to your student about what don't they want to do, because that's much more attainable instead of like, well, what do you want to do? Well, there's a thousand possibilities, family member. I want to do all of them. Okay, let's narrow it down a little. It's sort of like multiple choice. You know, the answer is not D and you know, it's not A. So let's let's explore C and D. 
you know it's not going to be teaching, you know it's not going to be accounting, great, let's look at all of the other options that we've got. And I think that's a great place to start. For those who are changing their mind, we've all seen it happen. You go in and you're like, yes, I am pre-med all day, every day. And then you realize that you hate biology and you hate chemistry. Well, friend, that ain't going to end well because you're doing a lot of that for four years. And that's okay. And then encouraging the student, bio and chem are not your thing. Pre-med's not your thing. Great. What class did you like? When we take more of those? And again, it's so important to have students reach out to what Belmont's already got. The careers office, the GPS office, all of the different clubs and have the student do some of that work to figure out what gets them excited to go to class. That's awesome, Liz. I honestly resonated so much with everything you were saying. I, too, changed my major at least three, four different times. Finally ended up where I am, and I love it. But um, I think you raised a really good point there in that, you know, you're, it's never too late. You're never too old to kind of change directions and find another path that suits you. And, you know, you know, throughout your whole life, you can always redesign your life one way or another to make sure things fit you personally, professionally, however you want. Um, and there are a ton of resources at all colleges and universities um, that students can have access to. Um, and you touched on it a lot um, in your last answer in uh, the different ways to explore um, different options, different careers, different vocations. Um, so I just wanted to touch back into that and ask, you know, what are some actual things that students can do to explore? Maybe they don't know anything about what they want to do. Um, and you mentioned tests and other resources. So what are some of those specifically that students can look into doing, you know, to figure out, you know, hey, what do I want to do for maybe the rest of my life? Because that's a big decision. I think to it is a huge decision. And as you and I both said, we thought we were going to do one thing and then changed our mind. And I have lots of friends who are successful and have had that same experience. Um, and I think we all know someone in our in our lives who got a degree in X, but is now doing B. And that's, that's fine. So I think breaking it down first is like, this is not the rest of your life. It is your foreseeable future, but it's not for forever. Um, and that sometimes seems a little bit more attainable. Just like first year students are like, yeah, graduation's four years away, back off. Four years comes up real quick. <laughs> and so does the quote unquote rest of your life. Um, but I think the first thing to do would be to maybe set up an appointment with career services, with your academic advisor, with different offices on campus to say, hey, I am here. I want to make the most of my experience, but also I don't know what to do. College is great because there's so many things you can do, but there are so many things and that's really overwhelming. So thinking about the stuff that gets your student excited about being at school and pursuing that. If they are totally into the hula hoop club, encourage them to have conversations with the upper class students who are in that club and see what their majors are. Also, it's important to get involved to make the most out of your experience. You know, college is not cheap. So what are you doing to make the most of it? If you're sitting in your room and playing like NBA 2K all day, um, that's great, but you could also do that at home for free. So make sure that you're doing things. Maybe go play 2K with other humans. I bet that intramurals has options for things like that. I bet there are other people who are interested in those same games and experiences. We'll do that together. Then maybe you can start a friendship with those people. You can hear what they're majoring in. They're going to tell you about this awesome class that they took so that you take that class. And maybe that's the thing you're interested in. And starting from there, 
Um, but it can be super overwhelming. Um, and the things that sound exciting to you, go to them, go do them. Also do your homework. Don't just go to all club meetings because that's not all we're paying for here, but do those things and talk to those people. And it can be hard to have that conversation with another human, but also it can start with like, Hey, I like your sweatshirt and then go from there. Um, and that is a great way to start small in tiny ways. Um, but it's also trying things on. You've always loved pottery. Cool. You join the pottery club and you realize this is, this is awesome. And I want to continue to do that. You can be an accounting major who likes pottery. You can be a, a pre-law student who likes pottery, or you can just go all in and be an art major. That's totally fine. You know, you're a whole human. So do all those things that make you as a whole human happy and figure out what that can be. But it starts with those conversations and, and doing the work in ways that make sense. Not just being like, oh my God, I have forever and I'm 19 and I don't know what I'm going to do for forever. Well, that's terrifying. Don't do that. Break it down as like, what classes do I want to take? Why do I want to take them? Who are the people that I've enjoyed hanging out with? And I've had the best conversations with at one o'clock in the morning. Why did I like those conversations? Oh, because we were talking about video game design and the games that we like to play. Oh, maybe I should take those classes. And it starts with those little things. And as a family member, if you hear your student talking about the same like seven history classes they've enjoyed, maybe suggest lightly like, hey, you've talked a lot about this history class. Have you thought about a history minor? Um, You know, kind of sprinkling it in there. Nice and subjective, excuse me, subjectively, not like, hey, you should do this because we all know that doesn't work. But saying, hey, you're talking about this thing a lot. Have you thought about? Um, And sometimes that allows, you know, that that's probably what they should do. And then the student thinks it's their idea. Always great. That's little mind trick. Just file that away for forever. Definitely. I love how you reframed, you know, the thought process of thinking about your future to being more about thinking about the foreseeable future. I think that makes it so much easier of like, oh, it is okay if I do end up changing my mind or changing my path um, because everyone, you know, grows and what you want to do when you're 18 might not want to do that when you're 40. So I love how you reframed that. Things can change. I mean, who knew that in 2021 and 2020 that we'd all be working remotely or taking classes remotely we there are jobs that are changing and we you couldn't have thought about them like I didn't know that I could work with college students till I was a college student and even then I wasn't sure that was a thing like I had to ask a lot of people and I think it's just being open to it um but yet I mean if you would have told me that I now am working with graduate students I would have been very confused um, if you told 19 year old me that, cause I'd be like, I, no, mm, I don't think so. I'm going to teach history maybe, but also maybe not. Yeah. I think Liz, you know, that we were on the same path of both education and history when we were in undergrad and then we ended up changing our majors and now we're working with college students. And I think personally for me, the getting into the clubs and activities led me to figure out like I can work with college students forever that's an actual job so definitely getting involved on your college campus can change your perception of what you actually want to do and Um, getting involved is so important mm -hmm. because it also will allow students and it allows people to, to challenge their leadership opportunities it's always important to also get to know the people that you're with your community and those people will eventually become your networks Um, How I actually got my first teaching job was because of volunteering I did at a local high school. And then they asked me to be their 
a long-term sub when someone went out on maternity leave and then that person chose not to come back to work and I got to work there and it was awesome. I never would have gotten that job if I didn't volunteer. And I found out about that volunteering through the education club. Like it's remarkable how much you can get out of what seems like just a, a once a month meeting, but also the people you meet, you know, the people that you meet, maybe you don't love everybody that's in that club or organization you're in, but you like three of them. And those three people are in three different majors. They get jobs at three different companies, but then one of those three companies needs somebody in HR. And that's what you studied. Great. You now have a reference for someone that works there who knows you, um, you know, thinking about building your network and getting to know people that you'll know hopefully for forever. Um, and that's really important too. And a great way to do that is to get out there and do the, do the things and try out the programs and the adventures that are offered to you. Yeah, for sure. So Liz, you talked a little bit about um, the family member or the parents planting that seed in their student's mind of, hey, you're interested in this, you should go do that. And the student thinks, yes, my idea, great things, they're off to do wonderful things. So how can those parents or family members support their student to prep for furthering their education after undergrad or to get them ready to enter the workforce um, right after they graduate? Right after students graduate, is it's important to just be supportive. Um, looking for a job is a lot of work um, and having the tools necessary to get that job you know, encouraging students to work with careers, the careers office to make sure that their resume is ready to go. The people who work in those offices in the careers office know what the best resume template is. They know what the keywords are that are important for your field. Have Making sure students set up those meetings, but also we should be doing that before we graduate. <laughs> if you are a senior, if your student is a senior and they've never been to career services, that's okay. Let's start now. It's better at starting now in January than in May when they are running around with a ch like a chicken with their head cut off. Go to career services and say, hey, you know, I, I need some help with my resume. They're going to have wonderful tools for you. You can go to these great people and say, so I think I want to be a nurse now. And they can help you with that. They'll talk to you about your options for grad school or other classes or certificates and that's fabulous. Remember this and remind your student that um, that's something that you've paid for, but also making sure that you're ready when the time comes. So starting a little earlier than May, again, with your resume, with things like a cover letter, some jobs are going to require them, some don't, but they're really awkward to write for many students because it's not the academic writing they've done for four years. Or they were in a major like bio where the academic writing is lab writing, which is not how normal humans converse. So how do you make sure that the student has those skills? The careers office is also going to allow, will have students um, do mock interviews, which is great because then you can get feedback. I know that I say um a lot. Also, if any of you could see me, I'm playing with things in my hands because I have a hard time sitting still. So I know that when I go for an interview, I will sit down, cross my legs, and put my hands in my lap and crop, like interlock them so I don't play with things. <laughs> and that way I know that. I wouldn't have known that without a mock interview where I couldn't, where everyone kept saying, you know, you're playing with your hair tie and that's very distracting and I can't make eye contact with you. I had no idea that I did that. So it's important to take advantage of those opportunities through mock interviewing, through resume review, which 
again, the careers office will do, and I'm sure many of your faculty members would do for you as well. These people that you've taken one or two or three classes with and that you look up to, say to them, hey, uh, you've told us how you used to work in X industry. Do you mind reviewing this for me? And also remembering that these professors are humans and usually they want you to be successful. Most of them are not scary fear monsters. They're lovely humans who teach because they want to help other humans succeed. Having conversations with them, and that's super intimidating, but it starts with an email. Hey, Professor Smith, I loved taking your philosophy class. I understand you used to be a lawyer. I would love to set up an informational interview with you. You And that informational interview could be you just asking them what it was like to be a lawyer. How did they get there? How did they choose to either practice law and teach? Or how did they choose to become a professor? There's lots of options. But encouraging your student to do those things. Um, many of us students and, and people don't ever want to be seen as a burden. But your professors are there because they want to help you. And so are the staff members. You know, the staff member that you always went to when you had to make a tough decision, ask them who they would go to for advice. Ask them what they think about your resume. These people that you've worked with closely and looked up to for the past couple of years, you can email them three years later. They will remember you. And you start the email with, hey, this is Elizabeth Perolsky. I graduated in 2019. I'm having a hard time with my resume. I was wondering if you could look at it. I enjoyed taking your classes. I always looked up to you. What do you think? Or if we don't want to ask for something right away, just wanted to let you know I've had a great position, but I'm thinking about something else. I'd love to talk to you more. And I think especially when everything, when we're remote, or even if you haven't talked to anyone in a while, you feel like, well, they're not going to remember who I am. They probably will. And you're not a burden. Nobody went into teaching because they didn't like humans. They went into teaching because they care about education. They care about, you know, whatever field they're in, and they want to help you be successful in those areas. Did I answer your question fully, ladies? Yes, I think so. Um, (laughs) One thing that I think you really um, touched on there, Liz, was A, making the most of every opportunity that's presented to you, but then also seeking out possible opportunities by, you know, engaging with people, specifically professors, maybe advisors. Um, You know, every club has an advisor, so that's like a built-in mentor right there. You know, those people can be references for you in the future. Um, They can write recommendations. So just, you know, like you said earlier, accessing that network and developing it, even, you know, starting it early, I think is a great idea. Um, You know, I always like to say that, you know, your first year of college is – kind of like kindergarten in a way where it's not weird to go up and ask people, Hey, do you want to be my friend? Or like, Hey, do you want, I don't know you, but do you want to like go do this? And so, you know, it's easy your first year of college because so many people are in a similar boat. Um, And so, you know, don't be afraid to jump in and don't be afraid, you know, encourage your student to jump in um, and get involved and meet people. And, you know, the last thing they should be doing is, you know, staying in their dorm 24 seven and, you know, not interacting with others because that's just not the experience that you want them to have. Um, Even when you were just speaking, I was thinking about, you know, you can go up to students as a first year, go up to other students, your peers and be like, Hey, I'm also a first year. Do you want to talk about whatever? I even tell my grad students, some of whom are master students, some of whom are getting their PhD in computer science to play the student card. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, saying to someone, hey, I'm a student at, you know, at Belmont, I'm a student at UMass, 
and I'm interested in computer science. And I've heard that you used to work for Facebook or Google, or I've heard that you now work with computer science and how that um, is taught to sixth graders. And that's something I'm interested in. Could you tell me more about that? Um, people love helping students. So play the student card. Like, and, and that can be in school or out of school. You're thinking about students, think about who your parents' friends are and parents think about who your friends are. If you have a friend who is in, who is in law enforcement and you think your student is interested in that, saying, hey, you know, have you thought about talking to John's mom because she works with the district attorney's office and you've mentioned that. But thinking about the network that exists and playing that student card um, and even using LinkedIn um, to play that student card too and say, hey, I'm a student at Belmont and careers can show you how to look up who all the alumni are from Belmont and where they're working who are on LinkedIn. And that's pretty cool. But playing that student card, which is just like playing that kindergarten card, which I'm going to steal that metaphor because I like it. Go so right thanks. ahead. <laughs> I'm going to tell it to my grad students who will laugh at me. No, yeah, there's there's no shame in that game, man. There's no shame in that game at all. Yeah, thank you for that, Liz. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that is basically our questions that we have for you today. Um, we kind of just want to leave with a little bit of food for thought for our listeners. Um, and we just want to remind them that, you know, on average, students change their majors or career paths at least three times over the course of their college career. I myself changed it three times. I am the statistic. Um, so it's completely normal for students to change their direction. College is a time, you know, where your student will grow and learn to better understand themselves more. Um, and they may actually realize that there's a different path for them that they are more passionate about. And that might actually give them a life that they want to live more than whatever they might have been, you know, had chosen before. Um, so we just want to encourage you to be supportive and to listen to what your student is curious about. Um, you know, starting even as early as their freshman year, but just being open-minded to that throughout their college career and being supportive. You know, sometimes I think that parents can add a little bit of added pressure to a student, um, and that doesn't help them make a decision any easier. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, so as we wrap up this episode, we want to thank you so, 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 so much, Liz. Um, it was so wonderful to see you again and for taking the time to be a guest on our show today. Um, if you want to learn more, check out our other college parent episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We hope you all have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. <laughs>